You're now tuned in to the Desire to Trade podcast, a show where we bring you the best figures of the trading world and teach you how you can become a successful trader. This is your host, Etienne Kret. Hey, what's up, traders? It's Nkantia from Desire to Trade, and welcome to episode 51 of the Desire to Trade podcast. In this episode, I'm interviewing Adam Jowett. Adam is a Forex trader trading on higher time frame now. He has a lot of experience, 15 years of experience on the Forex market. And he started with day trading. Now he's moving to higher time frame. And what I like the most about him is he's keeping things really simple. He doesn't complicate things. And in fact, things that most traders are way too complicated in their trading. After the episode is done, I strongly recommend you join me and Adam in the Facebook group. This is for slash group. And you can connect with me and Adam as you wish. So on that note, enjoy the show, and I'll come back at the end with the takeaways. So what's up, Adam? How are you doing? Really good. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I enjoy listening to your show, so it's an honor to be on. Yes, yeah, it's a pleasure. I think the first time I found you online was through researching for advice on trading through your blog. So I'm really happy to talk to you and get your advice on that. Sure, yeah. Happy to impart whatever I can. Cool. So the first question is always about the quote that inspires you. Yeah, well, I mean, there's lots of quotes out there. Most of my quotes um, don't come from the trading world, but one that I uh, that I stuck with, I used to be a triathlete way back when, probably 20 kilograms ago, uh, and they, there was one that used to come out of the Hawaiian Ironman that said, um, you know, you can stop and they won't care, but you will always know. And that that rung true to me, knowing that, you know, especially trading can be a lonely a lonely profession and, and it's up to you to keep yourself going. Other people won't really care, but in the end, you know, you wake up the next morning, realize you've done the right or the wrong thing. So I kind of, I have that stuck off on my desk. I have for 10, 12 years or so now, and it's kind of how I try to live by in trading and in life, really. So tell us what's going on in your life these days. Well, I'm still, I'm still trading. I've been trading for, for uh, close to 15 or so years now. And all different time frames, all different methods, as many and many know. These days, I I trade a bit longer time frames, sort of the four hours and the dailies, because I've got a lot going on. Otherwise, other than trading, I I invest time and money into startups, and I work for a couple of a couple of them. And and I'm more from a technical background. I was a developer by trade, so uh, I still do a bit of that as well. But, you know, I've got two kids and a wife and all that kind of stuff. So I find sitting down at a desk for eight hours isn't possible these days. But great thing about trading is you just adapt it to your lifestyle. So that's that's generally what I'm doing these days. That's really cool. And I think one question people always have is, how did you get involved in trading in the first place? Like, what was the first moment you started to trade? Yeah, well, I have no financial background at all. I, I've, I've never been trained in it. I didn't particularly like it through school or anything like that. But actually, how I got into it was um, I had a family member who way back when got into something called high yield investment programs online uh, and they were essentially just scams but they always promised these fantastic returns off something called forex trading and this was really before retail trading got popular and uh they claimed you know they were claiming oh we'll give you 20% a week or 20% a month and i just red flags flew up everywhere so i went researching what you know what is this forex trading business um, and found out, yeah, it was a legit thing, but those returns were completely crazy. So thankfully, we bailed out of those kind of things before it did any damage to to anyone. But the bug the bug was caught from there on in, and 
and I jumped on. I, I don't know if anyone will remember, there was a platform called Marketiva. It's not around anymore, but it was one of the first ones where you could throw $5 in and trade 10 cent trades. And I, I jumped on there and had a chat room and, and it, yeah, never turned back really. It's pretty cool. And how was the learning process? Uh, it's a bumpy road. Yeah. I had, well, it may have been an advantage, I suppose, not knowing too much about the financials, certainly nothing about fun- fundamentals. Um, very technical in my trading style. So th- in a way that was a, a benefit, but in another way, it meant I had to learn a lot. And yeah, I mean, talk to anyone who's traded more than, more than a few years and there's so many ups and downs. Um, yeah, I mentioned before, I've gone through just about every trading style at least that you could go through until you sort of realize what works for you. Um, so I think I'm at a place now, I would hope so after 15 years, but I'm at a place now where I'm pretty happy that I found something that, that suits me as a person. But yeah, the learning process was crazy. I've, I've read so many books and these days you, you can just Google and find anything you want to, but I've, I've taken myself out of that, uh, out of that ecosystem just to stick to what I know. And did you learn through books only or did you take any course? Never took a course. Uh, plenty of online stuff. I, f- I found a few traders. Uh, in fact, one of them, most people probably know, Rob Booker. I, mm-hmm. I caught on to him quite early uh, and sort of followed along. He's traded probably around the same time as me, but really he's probably been hugely more successful, I suspect. But he had some good content and then, yeah, I, it was a lot of book reading. That was when we still had big bookshops here in Australia. Now they all seem to be uh, disappearing for, for e-books and online stuff. But uh jumped in the forums early on. That If I had one thing to tell a a beginning trader, I'd say stay out of the forums as much as you can because you get some terrible, terrible advice in there. And that's pretty much it. And then it's really just screen time after that. Lots of staring at charts and, and watching what happens when certain releases come out and, and just finding out what works. Do you have any worst trade in mind, like a trade that really didn't go well? Oh, there's... There's so many of them, but there's one that stands out for me. I've told this story. I may have even told it on another podcast, actually. Um, when I'm 40 now, so it was just, just before I turned 30 and I had a, a very young child there. My first child was only six months old or so. And I was in a trade in the New Zealand US dollar in the Forex markets. And I'd, um, I hadn't placed a stop loss. I did that intentionally and the thing tanked like you've never seen before. And I remember I was up at two, three in the morning here and which is sort of right in the middle of the US session. And then the baby woke up. So I went and had the baby and I'm walking around the lounge room sort of trying to nurse this newborn baby who's crying, trying to watch this New Zealand dollar trade, which was tanking crazy. And it went to, uh, uh you know, between somewhere one to five percent of hitting my stop loss and, and margin calling me completely and turned around. And I got out, I got out with a very small loss, but it was by far. Uh, my worst trade and a big wake up call because you know you shouldn't be walking around a lounge room at two three in the morning trying to nurse a, a newborn baby and watching a trade at the same time. So that's the last time I did that kind of thing. Thankfully, it's all about focus, right? <laughs> I love it. Right, exactly. And prioritizing it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to do. And so, what would be for you the best trade in this thing? Oh. Uh, it sounds a bit corny and cliche, but I honestly think any trade where I do exactly as I plan before the trade opens is my best trade. And, um, I'm not, I don't have a style where I make giant winners. Um, I make decent risk and returns, but I don't have a terribly good, um, 
risk reward. I have a good risk reward, but I don't have a terribly good win percentage with any of my systems and never have. Um, so my best trade is just, uh, it relies on me sticking to my plan. And if I don't, if I move a stop or I don't let something run, then my whole system blows up and it's, I might as well not trade it at all. So I'm very, very, very conscious of that these days. So I take pride in, in anything that follows exactly as I planned at the beginning. And look, it's the markets. Not many of them do, but if I don't touch that stop loss, then I consider that a pretty good trade, first of all. And what is your main trading style today? It's still lots of price action. I've always been a price action guy. Uh, I went through a phase where I threw every squiggly line I could on the chart. I think most people go through that. And I even published a manual. I think it was called the not so squeezy manual or something. And that had, oh, I had something like 10 moving averages and, and a Bollinger band. It was the most, uh, it made money, but it was the crazy thing. You couldn't even see price action on the chart. So these days I'm pure price. I, I follow sort of the, one, two, three patterns or the ABC patterns, which is just your V reversals and that kind of thing. Cause I basically take the, uh, the view that every trend starts with a, with a one, two, three pattern. So, uh, you might as well just keep trading those and eventually you'll be in at the beginning of a trend and you can ride that for, you know, three or five waves or whatever. I don't necessarily follow Elliott wave, but I certainly believe that there is a wave pattern to most moves. So that's the best way to do it. You get really good risk rewards there and, um, just understanding that, look, you're a, you're trading a market. It's called a market for a reason. So you're buying off sellers and you're selling off buyers. And I, I spend my time just trying to find where they might be through price action, really. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. There's always a buyer and a seller, right? So Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you want to buy something, someone's got to sell it to you. So over time, you start to learn little either patterns or or just behaviors in a market where you you know it gives you hints where sellers are. You know, I don't have sort of level two access to to the foreign exchange markets. So you don't get that kind of access to it, but you can certainly tell with a bit of experience and a bit of time, you can see where they are. And what type of time frame are you trading? Mainly four hour these days. That's where, ironically, it's where I started way back when. And I think many people will say the same thing when probably my first year of trading was one of my best years of trading because you know no different. Uh, if you do the rules and you get, you stick by them and then you think you know more than you know and, and everything goes, goes to poo basically. So, um, yeah, I trade four hours and if I'm ex- extremely busy, maybe a business is starting up something, I'll slip out to dailies. Um, never shorter than that these days. My day trading days are long gone. I know one of the article that I found from you and that was probably the reason why I contacted you was about the Asian session. I noticed that yeah. like only few people talk about it because mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that that's the case. So is this, is this something you're still trading or when did you trade that exactly? Yeah, well, I used to day trade for a while there um, and I was trading primarily the Asian session because being in Australia, that, that is my uh, daytime hours. And when you've got kids and stuff, it's hard, it's hard to do nights. Um, it, it's not very glamorous and maybe that's why and you don't get big moves, but Look, as long as you're not trading two short time frames in the um, agent sessions, you can still get pretty good risk rewards, and that's really all that matters. It doesn't matter if your stop's 50 pips or 10 pips. As long as it's moving two or three times that, that it's exactly the same money in your account. So, But you don't get that glamour of being able to go, well, I made 200 pips this time. And I mean, 
it makes no difference. I, I read an article way back when, I didn't remember when I read it, saying and demonstrating because I'd actually done it, where I'd spent a week and I'd actually came out negative in pips but up 5% on the account. So all the bragging about how many pips you make in the Forex market really means means nothing in the end because it's, it's the dollars, right? It's the dollars in the account. Yes, tell us about that. This was really risk management that is spurious, right? So how did you do that? Well, that was just making sure I had really good risk and reward. So I copped a whole lot of losses, but the few winners I got more than made up for it because I adjusted my position size according to um, either to my confidence in the trade or whether it was with or against the trend. So I, at, during that time when I was day trading, I, I made sure that if I'm against the trend, I usually halved my trade side. And if I was with it, then I, I was in my, with my full or sometimes a bit more. So you, know, you could lose 100 pips for your only half your trade size and then make 100 pips the other, the other way with your full trade size. And you know, all of a sudden you're ahead. So that that whole mathematics behind money management took me a very long time to understand. And I think it's something that, because again, it's not a glamorous thing. Everyone loves their entry systems, but I think it's so, so important in a trading system is making sure you're getting not only risk reward, but also sizing your positions correctly. I guess you've been in touch with a lot of traders, right? In In the past, is that right? Well, I have, mainly online, I have to say. it's Especially when you're working during the day as a trader, unless you're in a trading shop, it's pretty hard to find them. You know, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. Uh, And especially in foreign exchange, you probably find them more on the stock markets. And I didn't really trade stocks. I was mainly in currencies and, and a bit of metals and that kind of thing, and CFDs. But it's hard to find them during the day. But there's plenty of – the good thing about it being in Australia, you're right in the middle of um, – night times in the US. So there's heaps of US traders, uh, of which there's many more, of course, with population size, um, to chat to online. So I certainly met met up with some here and there were some meetups I attended to and that. But I'd say most of my trading friends, ironically, were probably online. I, I haven't even met half of them in person. Mm-hmm. No, I th- yeah, I think it's just totally normal as well. Because, yeah, it's hard to meet people across the country and across the globe, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and traders can be a secretive lot too. So sometimes you can meet them, but they're not too open, and you know you'll meet them once and never meet them again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But from the people you talk with, I guess you talk with a lot of profitable and non-profitable traders, right? Sure, sure. So what do you think are the biggest mistake of those that were not profitable yet? Oh, uh, I would say the most common thing I've seen is. People try to trade, and I did it, I did it certainly, so I don't want to um, say I'm above this, but people try to trade systems that suit maybe a lifestyle need. So, uh, you know, they need X, Y, Z amount of money for some reason, or they need to buy something in six months. And so they try to maybe day trade when they're no good for day trading, uh, or that kind of thing. And until you understand that, and it makes no sense to me, but until you understand yourself, you're never going to understand your trading. And that sounds all very sort of la-di-da and new agey, but it's dead set the truth. And you're seeing it more and more now in courses and books where they're starting to talk about this side of trading that you've really got to understand your personality and and your lifestyle needs and this kind of thing. And until you understand that, you're going to really struggle because you're fighting your natural instincts and your natural inclinations. So almost everyone that I've talked to that were not profitable and then I met them later on and they've become profitable, almost all of them have said, yeah, I just 
forgot talking about my system or, or working on my entries and started working on myself. And, and I think that's something that that's all walks of life that it applies to, but especially trading, even though it's such a money based game. Mm-hmm. So working on themselves, what does that look like exactly? Well, I don't go too crazy. I mean, some people do their meditation in the morning and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't do that so much. I just take, um, I try to take notice of my physical signs when I trade. And it, anyone who does that, if you're aware of what you're doing, you feel physical things when you're doing the wrong thing in your trading. Um, whether that's, you know, whether heart rate's changing, whether you're getting flustered and you're feeling hotter. I mean, I noticed a thing and I used to write about this that, if I struck upon something that seemed to work, for some reason I'd get up, I'd physically get up out of my chair and walk to the other side of the house and do something else. Whereas where I should have been doing really is going, wow, this works. Now I need to develop it and work out how it's going to work. So I noticed I had this inclination to almost veer away from success. And that's absolutely wrong. <laughs> so you couldn't think of anything worse as a trader than to go, oh, this is going to work. No, I think I'll do something different and then flip onto something else. So just by sort of taking a moment and realizing physical attributes of what happened when you trade then makes you realize what personality traits perhaps you've, perhaps you've got and what systems are going to suit those kind of personality traits. Mm-hmm. Do you still notice the same kind of feeling when trading how time frame or is it different? Well, day trading was very different. Day trading I was, I was actually very good at. Uh, but was very destructive to myself as a person and, uh, cause you, you're consumed by it. It's, it's fast and it, it's, everything's going on. Some people love that. Um, I don't have that as a personality. I'm pretty laid back and a lot of Aussies are. And I just don't, I don't want that stress, I guess. Um, but anyone who's followed me knows I, I got very sick when I was 30. I'm, I got, um, pretty serious cancer then. And that was all just from stress and, and lifestyle that was completely out of whack. And so while I was very good at something, I, I was going against the grain of, of really what I could do long term. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think this is totally normal and that's probably why I decided to go only with higher time frame, simply because it takes too much time to day trade. Well, it does. And, and you become, uh, you almost lose some social skills because you're there in front of, unless you're very good at it and you can do it for two or three hours and walk away. Um, it's, it's a tough thing to do because you lose, you almost lose a sense of reality in some cases. You know, you're not getting out of the house. You're not seeing the sunshine. Uh, you're just living in this, this up and down digital world, I suppose. And it's, it's not healthy for you. I don't think, well, it's not healthy for me. I shouldn't say it's not healthy for everyone. It's not healthy for me, but there are other guys that, that love, love that thing. I, I remember watching a documentary of Paul Tudor Jones. If ever you want to see a guy that's suited to that chaos, then that's the guy. Is there a documentary that you recommend about him or I'm curious? I never saw that. I, I, I can't remember it and I, I'm happy to send you the name of what the title of that was. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Actually, I'm sure I watched it on YouTube. Maybe get on there and do a search on Paul Tudor Jones. They, they basically followed his trading day. They were in there in the trading room and he had phones going, he had computers going, he's got advisors coming in saying, you know, this is up, this is down, blah, blah, blah. And it was just mayhem, complete mayhem. Awfully fun to watch, but I couldn't imagine being that person. Now, regarding the good traders, you know, what characteristics do do they have in common or what action do they take that they have in common? Well, they follow that that, uh, cliched mantra of um, plan your trade. What is it? Plan your trade and trade your plan. They certainly do that. Uh, I didn't see... 
I don't see a lot of commonality between systems. Um, they certainly keep it keep it simple, but I would say that's certainly the case. But in terms of timeframes or indicators or whatever else, not too much not too much in common. Other than they just understand exactly the tools they're using, and I guess you know all trades are like that. You've got to understand the tools that you've got and how to use them, else you you put a nail through the foot or something like that. So. I would just suggest that, that most traders who do well end up keeping it simple and keeping something that suits them as a person and, and realizing that, you know, it doesn't matter what, what anyone else is doing at all. It just matters what you do and, and that you follow a plan that you think you understand. So in the end, we never know those, right? It can, it can flip on a day. The whole market can change. So you've got to keep that flexibility. And unless you understand what you're doing, you're going to find it very hard to react and adjust to something that's going wrong. Yeah. But yeah. So I think the biggest thing is you need to have a plan all the time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you need to understand that plan. And if it's someone else's plan, then unless you've really taken that on and studied it, it's going to be very hard for you to change that plan when the market changes because it always changes uh, and economic conditions always change. So unless you're understanding why it works now, you're never going to be able to adjust it when something changes later on. And this is probably what I find back to your previous question about guys that aren't profitable. A lot of those guys are taking systems that they've read in a book or maybe bought online or something like that and just trade it at face value and never actually understand why that worked for the author or the creator of the course. There's nothing wrong with trading someone else's system because in the end there's no really there's no new system. There's no very rarely that you find something that's completely new in trading these days. But yeah, you've just got to understand why it works now so that you can understand how to adjust it so it keeps working later. What's I'm curious to ask you this, what's your take on backtesting? Is it something you do a lot or not that much? Uh, it is. It's something that I do. I'm a, like I said, I was a developer, a programmer by trade, so I could I could program a lot of that up for myself. So that made it all a lot easier than perhaps people have to get it done for them. I trade. I do backtest to a point. I don't go too far back because, like I said, I believe markets change so much, and you're never going to understand where in a market cycle you really are compared to what you're backtesting. And I think with backtesting. Uh, I get this question a lot about do you sort of can you test or do you test around news events? And I have pretty much the belief that I mean, unless you're sitting there and you're you're manually charting out when non-farm payrolls came out or when interest rates have changed or something like that, you've pretty much just got to ignore the news because if you've backtested a system, obviously news events happen during that backtesting period, but you don't know when they happened. So for you to pull a trade because something's coming out. On the fundamental side, well, you might as well have not backtested because you certainly didn't take that into account when you were backtesting. So you either do it all or you, or you don't do it at all. So you either go, right, this is what I backtested. doesn't matter about the news if you're a technical guy. I'm just going to trade it. doesn't matter if non-farm payrolls are coming out. don't really care. I'm just, this is what it said I should do, so that's what I'm going to do. Or you don't do it at all and you just forward test. You just trade and adapt. I, I'm a fan of backtesting. Though. I need that confidence that at least there's a chance that it's going to work. And understand if I have a run of five, six, seven losers, well, that's normal because that's what happened when I was backtesting anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think one of the things that really helped me when I was developing a system for day trading is uh, something that you created. And it's your, basically an indicator you have with different uh, different market sessions, right? 
Right. So you had that on your blog, and I started using it to kind of backtest in different sessions. And I think it's really useful. So I'm going to definitely put a link in the show notes. But tell us a little bit about that. Did you use it a lot? or? Yeah, I developed that when I was day trading. And it's funny you mention it because I actually I developed it so I could backtest and understand uh, what was happening in the Asian session. So you're using it exactly as I intended. That's good. Uh, I'm happy. Yeah, it's free. It's Anyone can download it and use it. It hasn't been updated in a while, but I, I believe it still works. So yeah, it still works. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. Totally I don't fine. use it so much now, of course, being a bit longer time frame, but... I found it useful to see uh, market, uh, yeah, when the market's open and closed, and also what prices they open and closed. Because especially in an Asian session, they tended to be quite sensitive to that kind of thing. And you know, people, I've had it used in all kinds of things. People are throwing Fibonacci ratios over an open and close of a session, like the previous session, and use those and have done pretty well. It's, I think, it just for me, it just helped to understand when when things moved in different sessions. And I mean, if you are going to trade the Asian session, then find out when Japan go to lunch. There's just no point trading during their lunchtime. Find out when they get back from lunch and, you, and you're winning, basically. And that, that kind of indicated help to that. So that's that's why that was created. Yeah, no, I think this is really useful if you want to test something on a specific session because it's really going to be different than like what do you backtest for uh, New York or, or Tokyo for sure. It's going to change. Yeah, completely different, and and you can start to understand what sort of stop sizes you need and everything else as well once you understand that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. What would you say is the biggest takeaway the listener should have from this uh, this interview? Well, I just hope people um, understand that I, I guess trading is more more than you realize. It's not just about money and buying and selling. It it really is as much about yourself as it is, or certainly your chances of being profitable are as much about yourself as it is anywhere else. But also that trading is sort of, for me, the ultimate career. I mean, I will get back to it full time without anything else at one stage or another, but you know, you are the, the boss, the client and the product, essentially it's all about you. And I've worked in a lot of different areas and you've always got a boss chasing you up. And I mean, if you're married, you've always got a boss anyway, because the wife's chasing you, but but if you can be successful at trading, it gives you such freedom for time and it gives you such freedom for income if you're any good at it. So it's going to seem tough, but I think the reward is well and truly worth it at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally good. So how can people find you? I know you're doing a lot of stuff these days outside of trading, but I think people will like it. Sure. Yeah, I'm spread around everywhere, but the best place is usually the website. It hasn't been updated in a while, I have to admit, but I, I will start getting back to well, I'm going to have to now because everyone's going to be listening. But uh, you can get me at Adam Jowett, Jowett's J-O-W-E-T-T, adamjowett.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter a lot, maybe too much. That's at I am Adam Jowett as well. I'll pick a social. I'm probably on it there somewhere. I'm even on Snapchat and I don't even know what Snapchat's for. So you'll find me. If I miss not too hard. Sounds good. And what goals do you have for the future? Well, I, I'm, I've got a lot of business stuff that I, I'm really keen on, keep going. I, lo- I love starting startups and I love advising for them and getting involved in them. Um, trading allows you that time and, and if you're any good, it allows you a bit of money to invest money in them as well. So I want to develop that out a bit more. Uh, I do get asked for trading mentoring quite a lot and I love helping people and help teaching them but i don't uh, i don't do too much of that but I, I think i might wrap that up as well a bit 
I'm halfway through probably writing about four or five different books, which is typical of most people who try to write books. Uh, but I'm not in the rush really to do anything. I, I've taken the, the opinion that you know, I'm just open to what life presents and that's worked well for me for the last few years. I think I'll, I'll stick to that. That's for sure. And, and I just make sure I write. I'm a big writer. So I write every day to keep in that habit, which is probably good advice for traders as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Writing is a good stuff for me too. I love it. So that's cool. And what is keeping you motivated to do all that? Well, trading itself, um, probably time with family. I've spruiked this for as long as possible that time is so valuable and time with your family and someone like myself who came, came from you know, being pretty sick and, and maybe not seeing the family again, you really get an appreciation of what you can miss out on. So I've got two young kids. I, I want to see them as much as possible. Um, so that's, that keeps me motivated, motivated whenever I want to sort of stop. And I realize, well, if I stop, then I'm back at well, eight till six and in an office sitting somewhere. And I'm happy to do that sometimes, but I don't want to be doing that for the rest of my life either. And in terms of trading specifically, uh, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm a programmer, so I'm trying to write up some trading robots that, that'll help free even, free up even more time and just look goals are, are all based around sort of startups and, and trading itself, really. It's pretty cool. So I just want to remind the listeners that all the show notes are going to be in disartrade.com, meaning if people want to find the links. And there's a few things we talked about, really important stuff about, about your blog. So if people want to find this link, it's all going to be in disartrade.com. And Adam, I have one last question for you, which can be tricky. It is if you could give only one sentence of advice for traders, what would that one sentence of advice be? I'd say remember that you're the client, the boss, and the product in trading, so it all comes back to you. I love it. I love it. Adam Joe, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you here today. I'm glad about the advice we have and for all listeners, I'll see you in the next episode. All right, so one important point that Adam mentioned in this interview is the fact that you should not focus on finding a strategy for your money need, but for your personality. This is really important because so many people are going to try to find something to gain money and they're going to lose. Other traders are going to find something that fits their personality and their style and they're going to make money. So it's a big difference here, but it's crucial. The other important thing that Adam mentioned is the fact that you should stay away from forums. There's a lot of information out there. But in the end, I truly believe that you are the best person to know what you need at this point. It's good to find information. It's good to search. But at some point, you're going to have to put in the work. And you're going to have to take action on the next step you need to succeed. As always, my opinion is that the best way to get better in trading is to get around other traders. So I encourage you doing that, even if that's online. If you want to connect with me and Adam, check out the Facebook group at thisartertrade.com forward slash group and you'll be redacted to the Facebook group right away. This is a great way to meet other traders, share your progress, and get advice on how you should proceed. If you've listened to a couple of episodes so far of the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or any podcast platform you're listening to this on. This not only helps me, but it helps more traders get aware of the podcast. And the more traders get aware the better the positive impact we can have. And that's really what drives me all the time. So on that note, I'll see you in the next episode, episode 52 of the Disaster Trade Podcast next week. Ciao.